Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. Thursday, March 26th, 6 p.m., Julie Lynn Gibbons gets a bunch of her old friends together. Erin, where are you now? Are you still in D.C.? I'm still in D.C. Y'all, this is Eddie. This is my husband. Hey. There are about 20 people here and a couple kids and a bunch of pets. But here is a location that is everywhere and nowhere all at once. A Zoom video conference. Oh, you're muted. Am I the only one down south? Am I the only, like, Oh, Oh, yeah. Julie Lynn is hosting, so to speak, from her living room in Colchester. She's introducing her newer friends to her older friends and vice versa. So we have folks from D.C. and California and we have another Vermonter. Welcome. (laughs) Depending on your circumstances, you may have spent a lot of time on Zoom lately. Over the past few weeks, our regular lives have been dismantled at an astonishing speed, at the same time that our physical movement has ground to a halt. Except for essential workers, nobody's going anywhere. And yet, to Zoom has become an almost permanent state of being. Work meetings on Zoom, classes on Zoom, family hangouts on Zoom, and in this case, a socially distanced happy hour every day right here on Zoom. I just want to share a couple, a couple like extra special guests. So we actually have Tracy, who we wave Tracy. Tracy Tracy is actually an expat living in Florence, Italy right now. So she's uh, been doing this for 17 days now. Yeah. So she she is uh, telling us what to expect. Tracy, have people stopped the grocery store like out of wanting something to do, or is that still happening? Well, um, I think it depends on where you live. So like where I live, because I go to like these really small little purveyors, I can maybe wait like two minutes for one person to go ahead of me and then go in and like so I can go every day or every other day. The COVID-19 pandemic threads through every part of the conversation, but it's mostly lighthearted banter. A guy named Jason props up his phone to show how he's making homemade pasta from scratch. Okay, so for this, it's the semolina dough. So I got semolina flour. And there's much discussion of the custom Zoom background. It allows you to appear as if you're sitting in front of a beautiful landscape. Or, in the case of one woman, a giant cat floating through the galaxy toward a hamburger. Lauren, damn. That is good background. (laughs) And even though this is called a happy hour, not a single person appears to be drinking anything. They're just here to connect and commiserate. I mean, I saw something <laughs> saying how on Facebook, if she sees one more person posting, asking um, a hairdresser to come to her house to cut her hair, she was going to report them. Which I'm kind of like, yeah, you should. You know, but... I saw my hairdresser in the street, like when I was on my way to get groceries, and she looked at my hair and she just was kind of like, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun group. A few days from now, Julie Lynn Gibbons will really need this company and support. That's because over the weekend, she's going to learn that a friend from back home in Michigan has died from COVID-19. 
From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. Normally, our show answers your questions about Vermont, our region, and its people. Today, we're flipping the script and asking you, how's everybody doing? I'm trying to give each day a theme. So Saturday was a day devoted to food. You got in touch and you shared the good and the bad. Uh, My wife is a nurse and she is also pregnant. We hear from an expectant dad and a nurse on the front lines. A little bit of fear, you know, um, how are we going to get through this? Plus a little bit of essay and poetry for our times. We have support from the VPR Innovation Fund. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. Coronavirus update, March 23rd. This is Doug Smith in Bolton, Vermont, just saying that we just upped our CSA share to, quote-unquote, the mega share, where we get all kinds of other local goods to try to help support our local farms and things that we cherish. Uh, Hanging in there. Go Vermont. To get a sense of how everyone's doing, we put a call out for your voicemails and audio diaries. And we got a bunch of responses. I wanted to put out that I'm really hopeful that some of what we're going through is going to make changes for the United States and possibly get medical help for all as one of our priorities. Tim Wall of Charlotte shared this song he wrote called Pandemic. This jigsaw puzzle staring me down I can't leave my home, this town is on lockdown Our call out, by the way, is how we heard about Julie Lynn Gibbons' socially distanced happy hours. Hi there, this is Julie Lynn Gibbons. I live in Colchester, and I'm an extrovert. And this is a really hard time to be an extroverted extrovert couple of ways I'm staying sane, or at least trying to. In addition to the Daily Web Hangouts, Julie Lynn says she's seeing her therapist on Zoom. And her yoga classes have gone remote, too. Look skyward. As you exhale, you're going to circle those arms out, and let the palms come back to the heart. Laughing River Yoga, which happens to be a VPR underwriter, is posting videos online. Wonderful, everyone. Beautiful. So basically... Super grateful for online conferencing. Not sure if I could get through this without it. It's amazing how much life went online so quickly. Luke Krieger sent us a recording of a weekly session he now hosts called Theater in My Pajamas. And we will begin a reading of A Country Store. Luke hosts from his home in Manchester. Actors and non-actors get together to read plays. Are we going to close? Looks like it. No, Harry, come on. We can make this work. Of course, the internet can't solve all our problems. Here's Julie Lynn again. Now that the governor has ordered gyms to be closed, now I'm really starting to stress because 
I've recently gotten pretty healthy and I'm trying to stay that way. And it's hard to stay healthy when you can't do the routine and the exercises that you're used to doing. Frankly, my small dog doesn't even want to go on as many walks as I want to go on. This is Sally Ballin calling from South Burlington. This is how I spent last Saturday. I'm in the high-risk category because of my age, and I live in senior housing, uh, an apartment building in South Burlington in the midst of a usually bustling commercial area. Now it's like like a, a ghost town. I'm trying to give each day a theme. So Saturday was a day devoted to food. I went on a discovery tour of the fridge, the freezer, and the cupboards. It didn't take that long. I have a very small apartment. For dinner, I made a pasta dish mixed with what was left of some basil pesto and smothered it in a stir-fry from the remaining contents of the veggie bin. It was a lovely meal, and now I'm pretty much out of everything. Bye for now. I followed up with Sally to make sure she was able to get more food. She says she was, and she's finding new ways to get her staples. In any case, that's a little sample of what our fellow Vermonters have been up to recently. We also wanted to know how people are doing. And two listeners actually sent in audio diaries with recordings they made over multiple days. First up is Phoenix Crockett of South Burlington. March 13th, 2020, Phoenix Crockett. I'm calling this day one of the coronavirus situation. I have a buddy who's an epidemiologist who says that it's fairly serious. Um, He said that he expects they might close schools down or at least have like shortened days. It turns out Phoenix started keeping an audio diary before we even had this idea for a show. And it's amazing how dated his early entries sound. This wasn't even a month ago, and it's like a message from an alternate universe. I'm not scared yet, but I do know that I've been informed that I should get Zoom. Uh, Also, I know this isn't like day one, but this is day one where people started freaking out uh, near me in my hometown of South Burlington, Vermont. A few days later, on March 16th, I'm continuing this little audio journal thing. I don't know, I wanted to sort of mark down some of my like general worries and anxieties and that kind of thing. Um, my wife is a nurse, and she is also pregnant. Um, and you can imagine the horror, I don't know who you is, future me, I guess, can imagine the horror that I'm really feeling right now. Um, Apparently accommodations aren't really being made uh, for her condition. She's not the only pregnant nurse. And that's, you know, scary because she says it's only a a matter of time before uh, these patients, who she normally, you know, wouldn't be working with, someone ends up on her floor that's infected. You know, we're not even that far into this thing and there's already not enough personal protection equipment. There's not enough masks and you know, she says the nurses are well protected right now, but that might not be the case moving forward. Uh, we're terrified. We're really thankful that we took a vacation, two weeks of vacation, starting in a couple of weeks. 
so that hopefully at the height of it, we're home. A lot of people are worried about their canceled plans and vacations. We don't even uh, give a shit at all. Um, we're just happy that she's going to be home at some point later. Um, yeah, I'm just really terrified. The CDC and a bunch of groups are saying that there's no evidence that coronavirus affects the fetus. My wife is young. She's not in the you know the group of people that are getting sick. But even if you don't get very sick, um, there could still be problems. And yeah, it's it's really scary. I had to like freak out about it this morning. I was like crying and just like walking around my house and trying to pull it together. It almost worked. March twenty third. I'll probably be indoors from this moment until who knows how long to avoid getting my uh, wife sick. Uh, That's kind of it. Everything else, closed restaurants, friends losing their income, etc. Those are all worries, Um, but I'm mostly worried about the pregnancy. I, everything else just really doesn't matter at all. I, I'm also worried about if it gets worse, like how long until the death counts surpass 9-11? How long until it affects people that I know directly? Not that that's more sad than people I don't know, but you know how that worry goes. I really can't wait for summer. I hear that summer kills flus. It worked that way with H1N1, which swine flu I got uh, when it came around. Um, so let's hope that the, the summer kind of kills everything. Thanks y'all for listening, putting this together. Uh, yeah, and stay healthy. Thanks to Phoenix Crockett for sharing those recordings. By Monday night of this week, the number of Americans who've died from COVID-19 surpassed the 9-11 death toll. When we come back, another audio diary, this time from a nurse on the front lines. That's right after this. It's Brave Little State. Our next audio diary comes from a nurse at the University of Vermont Medical Center. We agreed to go first name only for this one. Here's Eva from central Vermont. Today is Tuesday, March 24, 2020, and, you know, we're in the midst of it. Schools have been closed for about a week now, and our three kids are home. Today, um, I feel a little discouraged because um, it snowed overnight, and I was hoping to have the windows open and air out the house, but we'll go outside and build a snowman. Um But I feel encouraged, um, however a little anxious. Um, Sounds like things are going to get a little worse, according to the officials, um, as far as the the virus and the infection rate. Um, But um, I'll check in tomorrow and see how things change. Today's Wednesday, March 25th. Um, I admit that I feel... I feel kind of a mixture of um, emotions today because I'm going to, I'm getting ready to work tomorrow. Um, I work as a nurse 
at the University of Vermont Medical Center in Burlington. And yeah, I, I have all kinds of feelings. Um, anxious. Um, will I have enough protective material? Uh, enough protection to to take care of patients and take care of myself um, so that's definitely on my mind of course it's a privilege to to take care of patients and vulnerable patients um, that need us right now and I understand we have a new um, stay home stay safe order ordered by Governor Scott so things are tightening up and a um, little more serious um, but still you know let's let's just stay positive stress doesn't help um, but yeah so I will check in tomorrow after work um, and let's let's hope for better tomorrows thanks Thursday March 26th 2020. Right now I'm in Burlington, Vermont. Um, just got to my car from um, a few hours at work. Um, <clears throat> walked to my car in the nearby parking lot. Didn't take shuttle just to be on the safe side. But um, they was okay at work. Um, uh, we're still expecting a surge of patients. Um, but so far so good. However, I admit I still feel anxiety and I um, uh, yeah I don't know how else to describe it than just an anxiety and a little bit of fear you know um, how are we gonna get through this not just myself but just everybody else I see a lot of people out of work and I I worry about that too and I I'm not sure how I just feel a lot of people struggling right now Today is Friday, March 27, 2020, and I just completed another day at work at the hospital in Burlington. Um, the day started with um, all employees being screened for temperatures or fevers, um, so that was a good thing. You know, I didn't feel as much anxiety as I did before, but still, you know, of course, that's it's on everybody's mind, you know, how how are we going to get through this? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for new ways to deal with being home, confined to our homes, um, and just finding out that our kids, all Vermont kids, will be out of school for the rest of school year. So trying to find some creative ways to keep them occupied and not lose what they have gained at school so that's going to be interesting um, but we have a weekend ahead um, and this these recordings have been really helpful uh, for me to sort my fears and feelings and really get in touch with all the emotions that I'm going through um, I'll check again tomorrow today's Saturday March 28th so it's the weekend and a day off and everybody's home. Um, I did kind of had a moment, moment of sadness this morning when I kind of looked at the latest numbers of 
confirmed cases and mainly the number of deaths um, caused by the virus. Um, I was also sad when I thought about what our kids will be missing with all the school closures. Um, so sad for a while and then I felt like I needed to snap out of it. Um, so I went for a walk with the kids, did some work, yard work around the house. Yeah, so um, we're hoping for for better days and we're gonna enjoy the weekend. And that's my update for Saturday. Saturday, March 28th, and this is my second recording for today. And I realized that my emotions have been changing, at least today. And I, I really want to express um, just the feeling of, I think, the, it's anger, really. Um, I'm normally not angry person, but I've just been thinking and really angry when I see the numbers of the cases of the disease and the people who have died. And I am angry at kind of the slow response of, I guess, our government, um, just people not being informed properly. <clears throat> about the risks and what really the danger of the virus and I just feel like it's getting worse and anyway this just shows the emotions do change during the day uh, that's all I wanted to express today Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020, and this is my last recording. Um, I'm doing okay. I had a sore throat and body aches yesterday and was all worried and working in healthcare, and, but it's okay. Um, better now. Thinking of all the people that are not okay. Um, I hope they get better very soon and get through this. I understand we have several rough weeks ahead of us, um, but we gotta get through this, and we'll I believe we'll come out of it as better people, hopefully kinder to one another. Um, it'll be different, but it will be okay. Thinking of everyone, um, and I'm curious what the future will bring. Thanks very much to Eva for sharing those recordings and doing that work. So both Eva and Phoenix, the expectant dad we heard from earlier, described these kind of amorphous feelings of anxiety, fear, and anger. The next person we're going to hear from would use a different word for those kinds of feelings, grief. Morning on a scale that eclipses my previous personal touchstone of September 11th, 2001. This is Ethan Desitel of Franklin. He sent us an essay he called Living in Holland. The connection to Holland is a little circuitous, so stick with us. Ethan is a writer and a behavior interventionist. He works with kids who need educational and social support. He says the traditional view of grief is one of stages. 
denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. And we experience grief after something really monumental. A relationship ends, or a loved one passes away, or a job is lost. But for parents with disabled children, Ethan says, the situation is different. They can experience a different kind of grieving. This is where Holland comes in. Ethan told us about a popular essay in his field. Written by Emily Pearl Kingsley. The essay uses Holland as a kind of metaphor for parents who find themselves in a different world. It explains what these parents go through as they constantly readjust parental expectations as their children grow up. Kingsley conveys this dynamic by describing a person who thinks they're traveling to Italy. Imagine it. You've got tickets to Italy, you get on the plane, and you're so excited to check out the Roman architecture, take a gondola through Venice. But when the plane lands, you're not in Italy. You're in Holland. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks, Kingsley writes. And you must learn a whole new language. And you will meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. But it's hard, because all your friends are always going to Italy and having so much fun. And you'll always be sad that you couldn't go there, even if you're also happy in Holland. This, Kingsley writes, is what it's like to raise a child with a disability. And it can be isolating. But it's a feeling that Ethan Desitel thinks we're all now experiencing together. We are, as a species, living in Holland. Our planes landed at roughly the same time, and we're experiencing the collective revelation that our plans aren't lining up with reality. And in a way similar to the parents Kingsley writes about, we are discovering that the grief process stretches far beyond the major life events we typically reserve it for. We are mourning school closures, empty grocery store shelves, the inability to celebrate birthdays with loved ones, the postponement of weddings, childbirths happening away from partners in isolation, the loss of jobs, hugs, handshakes, and high fives, hours spent sitting with friends over dinner at our favorite restaurants, community gatherings, vacations, and the list goes on and on. As a species, we are mourning life as we knew it, and it's happening in countless ways. I'm not saying all this with a solution in mind, though I wish I was. Rather, I'm sharing this to make people aware that even in self-isolation, even as we physically distance ourselves from one another, we are still profoundly connected to each other. And we cannot and should not confront these cycles of grief alone. Call, FaceTime, or shout to someone. Find common threads of mourning, joy, and compassion. There is, after all, Still much to celebrate in our collective Holland. Find the tulips and windmills and Rembrandts that surround us and celebrate them. Thanks to Ethan Desitel for sharing that essay. He was one of the estimated 40 to 50,000 Vermonters who filed for unemployment in late March. From Holland now to the town of Chelsea. That's where poet Taylor Martis Katz lives and farms with her family. We all take care of ourselves in different ways, but Taylor makes a few suggestions for this moment in her poem, Love in the Time of Coronavirus. We're going to close with an excerpt of the poem. Here's Taylor. Sleep as much as you can, 
Sleep when darkness comes. Nourish yourself with water and three good meals and don't ask more of your body than it is willing to give. If possible, eat the greens that grow outside your door. Drink the remedies that grow outside your door. Read poems. Read novels. Watch old films or new ones. Watch that well-produced Netflix show about cheerleaders. Read interviews with people you admire. Read writers who are long dead. They too lived through disease, panic, extinctions. Rebel against the idea that this is how things are now and there is nothing we can do about it. Consider all the ways that life is long, even as it feels taut, even as your breath gets caught in your throat, your chest, even as you worry each time you sneeze or have a tickle in your throat. When you do go out, nod to each person you see, as each of them is also undergoing this crisis. Even as all the hard questions come at once, remember that your body is your house, your home, your haven, your hideaway. Breathe air into your nose and out your mouth. Whether or not you are a parent, you are a parent to your own entire being. Watching old TV shows can be medicine. Doing stretches can be medicine. Baking bread can be medicine. Cutting a loved one's hair can be medicine. You can be medicine to others in ways you never expected, just by calling, just by video calling, just by writing an email, just by sending something in the mail, just by sitting at home and making friendship bracelets like you did at summer camp when a summer was a lifetime you'd live through with delight. This is not a time of delight, not a time of light. Though the light is returning to us each day, the days lasting longer, the birds arriving to build. So what can we build inside our own homes that wasn't already there? And what can we build between each other that wasn't already here? so that the next time this happens to us, we will have already built a home for this fear. We will have constructed the walls out of love and the doors out of love, and we will sing to each other through the windows out of love and feel held, though untouched. Taylor Martis Katz Thanks so much for listening to the show. And thanks to everyone who shared their stories and writing. If you'd like to tell us how you're doing or ask a question about coronavirus in Vermont or anything else, head to bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can also sign up for our newsletter. And we're toying with the idea of a BLS book club. So let us know what you think about that. Also, the Vermont Folklife Center has a new initiative for keeping Vermonters connected during the coming weeks and months. It's called Listening in Place. You can learn more about their crowdsourced archive project and virtual story circles at vermontfolklifecenter.org. This episode was produced by me, Angela Evansy, with editing by Lynn McRae. Our digital producer is Elodie Reed, and we have engineering support from Chris Albertine. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back soon, and now more than ever, be brave. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Through Line wherever you get your podcasts.